listening to the Heritage Film Club podcast show. It's three lads chatting about a movie that one of them forced the others to watch. If you're looking for an in-depth analysis of your favourite movies, boy, have you come to the wrong place. My fancy British accent is as smart as this show will ever sound. These guys barely know what they're talking about. It's time to sit back, relax and enjoy. Welcome to the club. Now here are your hosts, Mike, Brian and Clayton. Oh no, I was going to say that because, you know, with the COVID, how you're saying your COVID beard was coming and fine, I just had my beard trimmed today because I got a haircut because I was like, you know what, it's been too long without a haircut because of COVID. So I was like, I got to get a haircut. Did you have another man trim your beard? Yeah, man. I had this um, this barber trim my beard and shave <laughs> the side of my heads. How much extra did you charge for the beard shave? Not a lot. Not a lot. It was, it was pretty decent. It came under 40, which I was pretty happy with. Did he use the um, the cutthroat razor? Nah, nah. I didn't want him to use it. I just wanted him to use the me um, thing. Oh, my guy uses the the full on um, razor. Uh, I I've watched too many videos of how people <laughs> use Dying. the razors. No, no, they use the razors and then they get like an ingrown hair and then it gets infected. And I'm like, I just freaks me out. I'm kind of baffled by the fact that you guys are paying to have your beards trimmed. Don't I don't know. I don't. shave my own head. My beard and my head. Generally, I head. say... You can trust me. <laughs> I say no to the barber when he asks that, generally, mainly because it's more money. And it's something I can do easily enough in my house. So. Right. It is that. Indeed. Does Batman trim his own beard? Well, probably nah. easier than Superman can. We uh-huh. actually, on that... on Alfred that, would do it. Man of Steel, a movie I really don't like was on TV the other night and he starts off with a beard in that he does and um and that said oh he must shave it soon I said but how oh do you want to know how the question was never answered in the movie not in the movie no I know how he does it in the comics but you know he does it in the comics right and Lighting Clayton is this the one where he had like the moustache in one scene and then no moustache in another or was that Justice League? No, that was no. When he they had to digitally remove his moustache or some yeah, such. He never had oh. a moustache. He in the movie he never had a moustache because they digitally erased it in Justice League and it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Reason's not How does he shave? We can um, we can talk about that when we do Mission Impossible maybe because that's yeah. the reason. Ah, there we go. Yes, linking movies together. Mm, indeed. So anyway, how does Superman shave his beard? How does Superman shave his beard? Certainly in the good comics, uh, he had a piece of the metal from the spaceship that he landed on Earth in, and he used it to, with his heat vision, to sort of deflect the heat vision rays and to shave his beard. So he literally burns his hair. He burns his hair off because the only thing that's strong enough to cut Superman's hair is Superman's heat vision. That logic sounds right. Because that's how 60s comics work. Technically, Kryptonite could do it. Surely. Yeah, but would probably peel off everything else. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's a real close shave. And one thing they'd never done in the comics, probably the only use of kryptonite they didn't use in the Silver mm. Age. But there you go. We're learning Questions. already. See, we're going to go full geek in this podcast, I feel. <laughs> uh, Don't say you weren't warned. No. All right, so before we start, spoilers for the 1989 Batman. That is, what? Well, so what does that make it? 31? No. Very good. It is? Oh, good. Well See, done. maths. The maths are working today. There you go. New so, Zealand educational system, tick. Hey-oh. 
Um, not according to my report cards, <laughs> which my mum just found and gave to me. <laughs> oh, dire. Anyway, um, yes, so um, spoilers ahead for the 1989 Batman, which everybody has seen because it was a phenomenon. And I haven't. Oh, except for Clayton, but is that a surprise to anyone at this point? <laughs> Where, however many episodes in seven, I think, maths. I don't know seven. No one's surprised. But, but you've seen it now, right? Yeah, hopefully it's going to be a really interesting podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I did watch it. I okay. did watch it, and and I'm extremely interested to hear what you've got to say about it because me and Brian have probably talked about this movie in the past, off and on. So this is going to be quite good. So with that, welcome to the Batcave. Welcome to episode seven of the Heritage Film Club. Holy podcast, Batman. We're going to talk about Batman 89. Let's start off with the uh, tidbits. That's what I'm going to call it now, because we don't do a summary. Everyone knows Batman. So the tidbits. Um, Directed by Tim Burton, who before this had only done two movies, which were Pee-wee's Big Adventure and Beetlejuice. And Beetlejuice obviously starred Michael Keaton as well. The movie directly after this was Edward Scissorhands, and then he came back for Batman Returns. Um, Stars a lot of people actually, but top three, Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, Kim Basinger, and had a budget of $35 million, box office $411.6 million. Wow. Damn. Yep. So that's not Avengers Endgame money, but what is? But for the for 1989, that's Avengers Endgame money. That is massive. Mm. Wow, you, you got me there already. Yeah, I was going to do a massive like deep dive on the internet about the whole Batmania craze that swept the summer of 89 in the US, but... Mm. Man, who I just ran out of time. But needless to say, it was massive because I think they sold something like $750 million in merchandise before the movie came out. Hey, question. Because mm-hmm. you know, I went into this as, as per the last podcast thinking that this was the actual first Batman movie, but you said that there, there was another Batman movie. We'll count this. this as the first one, but go on. When, when was the other Batman movie... Was it like 10 years prior or? 70s? Must have been. No, so it like, was, it it's was called Batman the, 69. So. While, while, the TV, while the TV series was still on and TV oh. series went, so it was 66 and then three seasons. So oh, okay. 66. Yeah, late, right. late, yeah. late so 60s this is like yeah. a whole new generation of people being caught up in Batman, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the whole thing with this movie was they wanted to steer very, very, very far away from. Um, the campy, cartoony Adam West Batman, um, which is why they went, for the time, dark and gritty with this movie. Yeah. But we can talk about that as well. Mm. Um, that thought came to mind while I was watching it too. Oh, did it ever? We'll come Same back as to me. That. Yes, we will come back to that. <laughs> um, all right, so Rotten Tomatoes. Put your guesses in. Critics or audience higher? Stuff on, actually. I... Yeah, I think over time, over time, critics. I think that's interesting because I thought this would have been easily uh, audience because it's Batman. Now, over time, 
Okay. Yeah, I wonder how... Well, how many people go back to it, I wonder. But yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say critics. Okay, the correct answer is audience. But <laughs> critics gave it 71, audience 84. So it's quite a decent yeah. margin, too. Yeah. Mm. Some high scores, too. And this movie even won an Oscar. For what? Yeah, I thought you'd say well, that. Well, um, the acting. Not, not the acting, although Jack Nicholson's pretty good. Um, the score? It won Oscar for Best Art Direction, Set Decoration. Mm-hmm. And it's the first Batman movie to win an Oscar. Because I think one of the Christopher Nolan one did too. And I think it won two, probably the Heath Ledger one. Heath Ledger. Uh, oh, we obviously he won an Oscar, so it must have been that one. And it was probably another one of these sort of, um, I forget what they call them, technical? Like t- technical Oscars. Oscars is, yeah. is that the, yeah. I think it is. Um, again, we don't know what we're talking about. We say it every week. There you go. Um, all right. So, quick round table. I'm not going to do predictions. I just want to hear. Clayton, did you like it, yes or no? No, it was a piece of shit. Oh, we'll come back to that. All right. <laughs> no, I did not like it. Okay, Brian? And we're away. Yeah, we I, are. I enjoyed the watch, but I think it's a poor movie. Okay. I think it is fine. It hasn't aged well. So, yeah, I, I do like it, though. So, right. are we going... telling the thumbs on that lot. Yeah, I know. Are we saying no, yes, yes, sort of? <laughs> Sounds like no, know. yes, yes. <laughs> I think we'll swing back to that maybe on the would you recommend it. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll have a think. Yeah, you've got a little while to think about it then. Hmm. All right, so I feel like we shouldn't start with Clayton, but... Oh, I think we have to. <laughs> oh, we I have really to. Want to. Yeah. I mean, we will keep the pet. I think we always start with Clayton, so go on, Clayton. No, well, I, I selected this movie because I wanted to watch it, because I hadn't seen it. Like, I saw bits and pieces of it, but I, I don't recall actually seeing it. And I wish I could take the two hours back. Wow. I, I just didn't like it. Like, I think that that the Batman I grew up watching, well, I, I have When you're already a growing up. Yeah. yeah, which is the Batman Begins series with mm-hmm. the guy with monotone. And then Batflick, or Ben Affleck. I'm, I'm sort of happy with that. I, I just found the movie very boring. It is hard when you have your version of something to then go and try and... How do I say it? Accept uh, a different version, maybe? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I think it's similar to Wonder Woman, right? So because there was no real live-action Wonder Woman since the 70s, everyone's Wonder Woman was Linda Carter. Yeah. And she was good, and it fit that era. Then when Gal Gadot came, I was like, oh, really? Is she? I mean, she looks fine, and she is good in the role, but is she going to be Linda Carter? It turns out she is really good as well, and it's a completely different type of Wonder Woman. Yeah. But there was a long time where we were like, well... Still not Linda Carter. Um, I think the only thing that it really works with is James Bond, maybe, because everyone is sort of being conditioned to have to accept change every few movies, maybe. Yeah, I, I like, think it's easier to go forwards than backwards too on something like that. You know, mm. it's sort of you know easy to 
because maybe the movies get more sophisticated the further along you go or the stories get better or whatever that might be maybe up to a point you know not man of steel clearly um but and then it's difficult to go back and go well how do we get from there to here like watching it i can get the hype like like i get it right Mm. but with what I've seen already, yeah, you're spot on. It was just too hard to go back and watch this because I'm like, I want more action. I want more everything. And mm. you're just giving me this movie that's not what I was expecting I, or I thought am that, used to in relation to Batman. I thought yeah. when watching it, it's very talky. Um, yes. After the initial bit at the start with Batman. But then I thought Batman Begins is extremely... Uh, sans Batman um, for a long time much longer than this Batman true um, not so, as bad as original Hulk Ang Lee I mean you know oh, that's not Hulk for an uh, age but anyway that, that's like the Batman and Robin of uh, I don't like that movie yeah let's never do that one no, what Hulk movie the um, the Eric Banner the, Hulk the oh, one where he looks like Shrek Edward, before Edward Norton mm. but, yeah, yeah exactly yep yeah so um yeah i can get that also it's this is pre-cgi too so yeah. did that did that factor into your dislike oh, well, so C- maybe even... the cgi on when they're putting the cut the batmobile out and he pushes the button and the big thing goes over the car and i'm like yeah no i don't think that's cgi <laughs> i don't think there is any cgi i think there's bits that look like it but i think it's animated what um, that whole part where the shell goes over the car is not yeah, CGI. Yeah, stop motion or something. I don't think yeah, it's because yeah. I really think CGI only started creeping into movies in the early '90s. But I could be wow. wrong. Again, we don't know everything. But yeah. it's, it's certainly not for real. But no, yeah, I think you're right. It's it's somewhere in the middle there. Because yeah, I know rather. Beauty and the Beast was um, touted as being one of the early movies that incorporated a bit of CGI. Um, Jurassic Park was in the first half of the '90s, and obviously from there on, it's cgi fests but um i don't think it was because there's a scene at the very beginning of this batman the very beginning where um the non-waynes walk into an alleyway and get mugged um and it zooms up to the rooftop and you see like the shadow uh walk across the roof and it's very jerky it looks like it was animated yeah it, it yeah it's that really it's a really high shot isn't it yeah, that was like he's watching, and then he sort of walks down to go and sort them out. Yeah, because he wants to go re- down the fire escape and walk down the stairs to go and help them. It's like, jeez. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there was another part later in the movie that looked really uh, crudely animated as well. So I'm mm. I'm pretty sure there's no CGI in this movie, or not that sort of CGI. But feel free to hit us up on Instagram or Twitter and tell me I'm wrong. But uh, I'm pretty sure I'm safe. But did, so did did that um, factor in? Do you think like was it because it looked too old or something? I don't know. I just felt like it just it just bored me. Like I, I just sat there watching it and I'm like, this is not what I was expecting. I wanted more, but that's solely because I'm just used to the current Batman's that I've got. I should have researched the last ten years. That's that's a question then, Clayton. Maybe is it did, does it is that a Batman? That sounds like an odd question, but you know, if you look at that and go, yeah, 
that that's that's what batman would do or that that's a batman story does it feel like that at all no well yes and no but like the you know the first scene where Mm -hmm. you've got the non-wayne family Mm -hmm. i thought that was going to be the Waynes, and then it yeah, wasn't, and then yeah. no, no, and then I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, it's not the Waynes. Mm-hmm. But then they did the whole Wayne story in the middle of the movie when she's trying to figure out like why Bruce Wayne was down the alleyway leaving the roses, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and I was just like, oh, okay, well, we just sort of just skimmed over that whole backstory, and that's it. I was like, oh, yeah. okay, you, you kind of don't care by that point. I think, yeah, a bit. I and think they, I think they did it the wrong way around. With Batman Begins, mm-hmm. you get that whole thing where. He falls down the well, he comes out the well, and then they're going into the city on the train, and you get all that backstory to understand, yep, okay, now we're actually in a Batman movie because you know Batman's like origin, per se, you know what I mean? And, you know, when I first watched Batman Begins, which I love, and I think it's the best of the trilogy, but when he did that thing where he fell down the well and all the bats came, I was like, oh, that's a bit too much. Like... You're trying to force the bat thing. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a lift from the comics, though. Oh, is it? But from yeah. okay, for sure a much I, know. I, I, I think it is. It was like a, a little bit later, or 90s or 2000s, something. I'm fairly certain I'd seen it, something like that before. Okay, well, then there you go. It shows from, what from, I know. From, from somewhere, but from a anyway. non, non, From a non-comic person, mm-hmm. though, mm-hmm. It, that was awesome for me, because I'm like, yeah. okay, sweet, we know that little kid's going to turn into Batman because the bats are there. Bats live in the cave. Okay, sweet, he's going to turn that somehow into his bat cave because it's near the house. Sweet story beginning. So do you need the origin to be at the start? No, I just think that the origin was better in Batman Begins than what I got in this one. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. What did you... Because I want to hear Brian's take on this. I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say. But, Clayton, mm-hmm. what did you think about the fact that in this movie, and only in this movie, it's the Joker that kills the Waynes? That took me out because I was like, oh, because, well, two things with that, that, and also they knew the Joker's name. I thought nobody knew the Joker's name. Outside of this movie, correct? But Oh, okay. So did you think that was a good idea that they had, that it was like, did you think it was a cool idea that it was the, it was Jake Napier who created Batman essentially and then it was Batman who created the Joker. Yes, yeah, it, like it, it was cool, it, like because it came full circle in that sense. But by that time, I was sort of not checked out, but just like checked out. How early were you checked out? Like before the Joker came? No, no, I enjoyed the Joker. I enjoyed. Okay, so I enjoyed the Joker part where he was normal. Then. The whole gun scene in the chemical factory mm-hmm. enjoyed that i think i just didn't like batman because of the actor or this or... i just i just i don't know i don't know how to explain it it just bored me okay so the character didn't do it for you yeah okay yeah i get that yeah what's your take on the whole joker creates batman brian 
hated it in 1989 and I hate yeah. it now. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a really, really crap idea. Yes. F- just to, for some kind of weird circular narrative thing. So, There's even a blooper on it at the end. When they're up in the tower. And if you guys, if you catch that, where it's like, you killed my parents. And then he's backing away. And he says, you know, you were just a kid when I killed your parents. I'm thinking, how do you know that? You don't know who I am. Ah, go back and watch it. Ah, good yeah, spot. That again. Yeah, because I, I found a blooper. The funny thing was, I um, I felt really smart about like when, because I obviously I've seen this before, so I know that in this movie it's Jack Napier who kills uh, his parents and stuff, and then it's him who we well, doesn't drop Jack, um, doesn't drop him into the vet, but he yeah. we accidentally drops him, I guess, but um. I was like, "Oh, that's going to be a smart thing, smart sounding thing to sound the podcast." He created you, and you created him. But then he literally says it <laughs> in, the in the final scene, and he goes, <laughs> oh, "I was like, oh, you dick, you just took my moment." But um, <laughs> like, yeah. but um, uh, what was I going to say? Something about um, that. Oh yeah, so it's I'll dip into one of my trivia facts, but um, that was Tim Burton's idea. That it would be Jack Napier killing the Waynes. Uh, Sam Hamm, the guy who wrote the script, mm-hmm. he's a big comic fan and he was totally against it. Um, and he even managed to persuade Tim Burton to drop the idea. But then they had a writer's strike, which means no writers on the set or involved in the movie anymore. So Tim Burton popped it back in. Oh. Yep. So Silly we almost question. had it. Bad great. move. Mm. Silly question. Wouldn't the people who own the rights to Batman, which I'm guessing is DC, Correct. wouldn't they have like the overruling arc on like, no, you can't do that or no? I mean, they would. Mm. It's Warner Brothers, but they would. But um, they They're just like sweet as. I yeah. think back then, especially comics weren't something that were looked on favorably, even by them. Well, probably after Batman, they were, but um, they probably didn't care. Whatever makes the money at that point, yeah. Yeah. And even oh, if DC okay. objected, Warner would have said, "Well, we own you. We're doing this." I Tough. guess if it come to that, so pretty much, yeah. I have another question, but I don't know if it's going to be up in your trivia. But I'm going to ask it anyway. Was this planned to be just the one movie? Do you know? Probably at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think the sequel got fast track though, with the amount of money this made. Okay, but it was somewhat like this is the standalone Batman story we want to present. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, before this we had Superman, but it was quite a while before this. Yeah, Long uh, way maybe back. a decade yeah. before. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah, at least I think yeah. Is that Christopher um, Reeves, yeah. Correct. Mm. Okay. Um, which I was going to mention when you said um, how you you have your Batman, which is Christian Bale and Batfleck. Um, that was it's like Christopher Reeve is is the gold standard for me yeah. still so that's your Superman not, not yeah. the Harvey fella no I like Henry Henry Cavill looks yep. the part for sure um, and he plays it fine but mm-hmm. it's just a bad movie it's badly written um, and it's a bad characterization of Superman but the Christopher Reeves one is so good and it, it holds up quite well 
I think. But yeah. anyway, that's a different movie. We, we should do know? Superman, actually. We'll come to that. Yeah. My yeah. Superman is a TV Superman. Lois and Clark? Yeah. And moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, that's a funny thing because... Um, that's what I grew up on. We're thinking of um, starting that soon and watching through it. Um so that'll be interesting. Can talk about that on a later one. Maybe when we had, watch Superman. Had its moments. Yep. Yep, sure it did. For sure. Everything adds something to the mythos. Yeah, absolutely. So even Batman and Robin. So cool. All right. So have you got anything else you want to say in this part, Clayton? No, I'm good. I'm good. I see my bit. Go on, Brian. I want to hear what you thought. Buckle up. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, no, you said you were no. still partially favourable. No, I, I, yeah, it's an odd one, this one. It's a really strange one for me. Um, so I, I remember vividly 1989 and, and basically first day of release, I went to watch the movie because it was Batman on screen and there was all this hype around it and it looked pretty cool. And for the time, it really was. You know, and the more you watch something like that, the more you, the more you start to kind of pick it apart and, you know, you factor in all the Nolans and all that kind of thing and go... You know that was better or whatever but the thing thing that really struck me lots of things really struck me about this one i was about halfway through watching it and i kept thinking comic book movie in my head comic book movie and then i had this thought that said they didn't make a comic book movie i think the thing that i really disliked most about the movie is that they made a comic book that's just not me attempting to sound clever if, if you actually look at it the whole movie doesn't make a lick of sense mm-hmm it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. There's a whole bunch of scenes we look at it and go, I think you did that bit because you thought it would look good. Yeah. There's, there's a chunk of stuff where, okay, this is all about the visuals. There's characterization in there and things that they do, and I'm going, this is bonkers. Well, that would track with Tim Burton, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's this... I run a whole bunch of them off here. It's like there's that scene where, um, right at the beginning, where they're at the chemical factory and, and Jack Napier's standing up there and Batman's kind of close to him and then he disappears and he's standing there taking shots at Eckhart and he kills him and the camera pulls back and there's Batman standing and looking brooding and menacing in the background I'm going why didn't you stop him yeah also did, did you find like a lot of Batman's stealth moves really clunky they're really seriously clunky mm. yeah he, he goes in trying to riff on all of these he drops into the the art gallery takes him an age to get there apparently because he knows that Vicky's going and it's not him that's invited her <laughs> and then he goes in he drops in through the ceiling Joker's there who's clearly a madman and all his blokes are there and he rescues her and they leg it to the cave thinking right so you didn't sort of get her to safety go back in and take them all out mm, and you know and there's even I've got one more there's the bit where they're fighting up in the bell tower Actually, no, I've got two more. Because they go to the bell tower and they're thinking, okay, so the Joker has decided that his end move is going to be he's going to walk 4,000 steps up to get picked up in a helicopter because he knew that's where he was going to be. Yes. Yeah. And three guys are up there waiting to help him and come out and, you know, try and kick the crap out of Batman. And there's a bit where he's fighting one of them, Batman, I mean, and he sort of he drops him down, down the bell tower thing. Clearly, he's going to kill this guy, and he's just kind of dropped him down there. And I think they only did that so they could use that big high shot of this guy falling. When the Joker so falls. Get... And then the Joker falls after that. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, because he's one of the, the ninja henchman dudes. Mm-hmm. Sort of, they're fighting, and then he sort of flips him down to that big long bit where the, where the, the bell is dropped. And going, okay, well, he's dead. Um, might as well have shot him. 
there's just all these really weird little choices and I think they, it was almost like a whole bunch of little scenes put together because they looked good and then they kind of string a story together with it do you know also did it just seem like painful to you that Batman was walking up the stairs to to follow the Joker like yes man yeah you've like, got all these toys and all this really cool gear and okay I'm just gonna I those are comfortable hook. bat boots because that's a long way up he bloody uses that grappling hook enough all the other and every damn thing every, exactly yeah, yes. for everything else get up there like, first you're literally and then there's that scene where um where Joker and Vicky Vale are quite far up and yeah um Joker drops her shoe down yeah to, to for us to show us how high he is how, how hard it is yeah and then Batman sees it fall past him a long time after it's dropped. I'm like, you are way behind. Yeah. I know you've had a bit of, you know, what, actually, had he yeah, crashed his plane or something, he, probably. He, he yeah. crashed, yeah, he but, took that gun out. He shot the, the bat wing thing down. Yeah, and it's just like, okay, can I talk about that as well? So I know this has been talked about before, but <laughs> why Batman is anti-guns. So it's Thank bad you. enough. It's bad enough the Batmobile has a machine gun, but mm-hmm. it does in the Affleck one as well. <laughs> Yeah. And also, when he shoots that factory door off, you know, in the Batmobile, yep. when he's driving through into, I think it's, is that into the chemical plant? Into the chemical factory, yeah. yeah. And then he drops all the bombs, and, and hopefully those guys got out. Yeah, but also, that machine gun cuts a perfect square into that door. It does. Like, it's yeah. ridiculous. But then, when he's in the Batwing, in that pre-Bow Tower um, scene, yeah, he literally locks the guns onto Joker. Yes, and shoots to kill and misses correct so what's the point of a targeting so, system so what's the point of all of that exactly yeah but also that just the sheer fact that he pulled the trigger and was trying to machine gun him down yeah it's is bizarre the 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 whole batman character but i'm going to try not to go super geek on this but you know me mike it's batman no, do it um it's one batman does not use guns well established it's a thing mm-hmm because his parents were shot. Ben Affleck does. The, I think it's more acceptable point. in a Snyder movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. well, you know, more explosions. Mm. More explosions means better movie. Duh. Mm. Um, and then the whole, even the whole Bruce Wayne characterization, it's, you know, he's wandering around the place looking lost a lot of the time. There's this, at the bit at City Hall, the shooting going on around him and he's walking around like he's in a daze. What's and even when he's in, in the manor, it's not like he, it's the, the whole fake Bruce Wayne's a playboy act so that people won't suspect he's Batman. When he's on his own, they've got him wandering around like he's he's just not with it. And the whole point of Batman is, you know, physically trained, honed, total focus on all of this, you know, mm. sharpest mind on the planet kind of thing. I'm going, this guy's a bit of a dip. And then also, he puts the suit on. Also, as much as um, I don't actually mind Michael Keaton's um, Bruce Wayne it is what it is and yeah it's yeah. fine he's fun he's he's actually quite enjoyable yeah I, but yeah i agree I, I like him in it it's just the characterization i have a problem with yeah and my biggest problem with it and especially because they prefaced the fact that he's so famous um when um uh what's his name Knox. The, Knox. the reporter yeah, yeah. when yeah. he says to vicky vale um our oh, commissioner gordon's going to be at bruce wayne's gala tonight um, but I'm not invited and shares the invites and he's like yeah. oh my gosh that's awesome whatever then they get there and no one seems to know who Bruce Wayne is yeah yeah. it's like you're the most famous dude in the city richest man in Gotham nobody knows your face yeah no wonder you can be Batman mm-hmm. like yeah take the mask off doesn't matter no one knows who you are oh, it, was, it was bizarre like she's a yeah. photographer 
for yeah. big time news outlets. And she goes to the gala and literally talks to him, says, I'm looking for Bruce Wayne. It's like, come on, dude. Yeah, really? It's like, man. Plus the fact that nobody apparently knows that his parents were murdered. They have to go and dig in the archives and find this out. Yep. Even Knox, who's an actual reporter, not just the photographer, doesn't know who he is. Correct. Yeah. It's, it is bizarre. There's all just all sorts of weird little choices in there. Like, like I yeah. said, it just felt felt very comic book to me. And, and, you know, I'm a fan of comic books, but if you were going to just make a kind of chuck a story out and do 22 pages, I think this is what you would do. So, because it, it's more fun to draw. Hmm. Well, Tim Burton was an, was a Disney artist for a little while. There you go. Um, that's that, that's my, my random, that's my first rant about this movie anyway. So... And I still enjoyed it. Yeah, I still enjoy it. I think it's Just still a fun it's, movie. It's a fun watch, yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't hurt that I, I watched all four of them ah, and I watched them in reverse order. That's what I wanted to ask you. Did you actually... I know because I know you told me you would watch <laughs> Batman and Robin, but yep. then I never followed up and checked if you had seen the other ones. I did. So Frank, I've got have a you ever seen the rest of them? You seem to have seen like the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Mr. Freeze and and. Yeah, didn't you say last week, Clayton? You've seen the Mr. Freeze one. Yeah, I've seen the Mr. Freeze one because it's got the Robin in there too. Did you yeah. like that movie? Because yeah, it's got Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, all right. So I've got a question for you, I, Brian. I think Since... I almost heard your heart break a little, Mike. Yeah. Well, Arnold is fun it's a ridiculous portrayal of their character yes but he's the but, probably shining light of that movie but Arnie's fun yeah Give you that um and because of movies like commando and all of his 80s action movies with one-liners sort of doesn't matter as much no. but anyway bad movie my question to you since you watched all four yes is batman returns better than batman No. I think it'd be more enjoyable for Clayton, though. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Um, mm. That, in parts, Batman Returns make, makes even less sense. Definitely. Um, and there's more some action. cool moments in that, and then my, my favourite scene of uh, out of all four movies is in that one, is in Batman Returns, was Catwoman and, and Penguin and all that. Yeah, um, yeah but I, I was actually wondering that. I was thinking, yeah, Batman Returns is going to be the better one. And as I watch them, they, they get significantly better in reverse order, obviously. Because, yes. um, you know, three and four. But, yeah, it's it was just a disappointing watch of four movies in the end. So did it actually feel good to watch Batman then? Like, or has that skewed yeah. your perception? I, I was looking forward. By the time I'd got through certainly the first two, or the last two, depending on how you look at it, I was really looking forward to getting to the others. And then yeah. having watched um, Batman Returns and being a little disappointed and it not being as good as I remembered it being, I was looking forward to watching Batman. Okay. Do you think your favourable thoughts on Batman are because you watched those other three and didn't like them? Quite possibly so. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I deliberately tried not to, to do the Nolan comparison that Batman Begins and Dark Knight and, and all of that. Yeah, which um, we will get to at some point. We will, um, absolutely. Yeah. Because... It's, it's, if I'm not mistaken, of those three, Batman Begins is your favourite? Absolutely. Yeah, same as me. Yeah, very much um, so. So p Partly for the reason that Clayton said, in that it's an origin story. But it's really and, an origin story. Like and it's really an origin story, and it's probably of the all the DC movies, I think, so far. It's genuinely, may, maybe not Superman, it's a proper origin story. And you, and you kind of get it, why he does it. Yeah, it's certainly a better origin than Man of Steel, because that's so long-winded and ridiculous. Yes, and there's all sorts of nonsense in it. So the, even 
Christopher Any Adams redeeming feature. Uh, even that character annoys me I, in that movie. I know, yeah. But you know. Um, uh, the Christopher Reeves one does the origin quite well, and does. for the right amount of time, and also yeah. sets up the sequel immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, Batman Begins obviously is what eighty percent origin, probably even mm. more. Um, yeah, pretty well. Yeah. Okay. So Clayton, question. Um, what did you think of the suit in this movie? He could turn his head. No, he couldn't. Looked like he could. In the in the 1989 one. Because mm, the head wasn't attached to the body, yeah? Oh, it was. He turned his whole body every time he looked at someone. And uh, when he had it in the safe. You know, when he had it in, in the actual safe. Yeah. The head could come off the body, yeah? Yeah, well, the cape and cowl is separate yeah. from the uniform and generally but when he was actually wearing it um, it was very black and yellow yes it was that's an accurate assessment of the suit good <laughs> um also fun fact his boots were made by nike <laughs> so there you go um okay i think that might have been the first time they did body armor too i mean not just in the movie i can't i can't remember if there was ever a thing in the comics even before that that said you know, it's body armor now because it was always just the suit. It looked more sort of Adam West Batman. Mm. And you know, there's the point at which you know, he's he's laid out and they kind of poke him and they go, "This thing's this thing's armor." And that was pretty cool for the time. Yeah, because they actually specifically say it, don't they? They um, do. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's also, and this is again dipping into my trivia, but it's all right. It's also the first Michael Keaton's the first person to change voices between Bruce Wayne and Batman. Because Adam West didn't do that. He did not. Uh, and that's a, good, that's a thought. I hadn't thought of that. And that was his choice. And from then on, every live, or actually probably every Batman, not just live action. Yeah, even, even the animators, I think. Except for George Clooney, did a voice change. Hmm. Um, even Arrow, which is essentially Batman, the way yes. they did Arrow, even he does it. So um, that's a pretty cool little thing to add to the Batman mythos um, from the actor. So that's pretty cool. Good. Okay. Is it my turn then? Please. Okay. So, yeah, I like it. It's it's pretty cool. Jack Nicholson's awesome. Oh, yeah, I wanted to say to you, Clayton, um, did you like this version of the Joker? Yes. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna say something else, but that's yeah. Okay, so I, okay, yeah. yeah. I like it better than the Heath Ledger one. <gasps> really? Okay, so you know how I said I was gonna say something to Brian about what I thought your first thoughts would be about this yeah. movie was that you wouldn't like this Joker because you would like the Heath Ledger one. Then when you said you don't like this Batman because it's not your Batman. I thought I was definitely going to be right yeah. about the Joker. Yeah, stunned. Interesting. I did, no, because totally they, thought you'd go the other way. Yeah. I personally, the Batman movie with Heath Ledger, like, it's it's a cool movie. It's alright. I like the I like the Bane one better personally. Thank you. But I feel that people don't watch that movie 
clear in the like as it was supposed to be watched because everything that happened to Heath Ledger overshadows everything. Agreed. Yes, my, um, my take on so, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my take on that movie is that it's only popular because Heath Ledger died, and it's not actually that good a movie. I mean, it's a it's a good movie. It's not the best of the trilogy. Um, and Heath Ledger is very cool in it, and I really like his Joker. But I don't think that movie is as good as people say. No, I think you're like, right. When I think of the Joker, and like this is pre Heath Ledger, like Jack Nicholson is what is somewhat portrayed in the cartoon version of Batman. Does that make sense? It does, but I don't agree. Yeah more than Heath Ledger oh yeah Heath Ledger is just like crazy dude yeah yeah I like in my mind like if you were to compare like the two of them side by side in comparison to what is portrayed in the cartoon Batman well I'll just put it out there the best Joker is the animated Joker from voiced by Mark Hamill good man Luke Skywalker completely that... are you for real yeah oh yeah I argue that one all day that even just for the Joker laugh, it's perfect. 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100% is the best Joker. Um, yeah. But if we're but talking Luke about... Walker was the Joker in the cartoon version. Correct. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Yeah. See? Someone so, learns the, something every someone day. Learns. We do. Hmm. The, the thing with the Joker on, on this, for me anyway, I, I'm not a fan of the the way that, that Jack Nicholson's Joker, how it comes out. Um <clears throat> I think it's like back to the comics again. It's like there was a whole period of time where he was just—he was kind of—he started off being well a murderer and a criminal, and then he gets kind of clowny in the fifties and sixties because that was kind of what you did in the fifties and sixties. The Dick Sprang stuff. Yeah, the Sprang stuff exactly. You know, the, the giant penny era. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the Denny O'Neill and the, the Neil Adams, and you go Joker's five way revenge, and he becomes a murderer again at that point, and he's kind of a little clowny, but he's, he's someone who'll kill people for fun. I which think is like, more like yeah, Heath Ledger's one. Which is yeah, exactly, and and it's kind of it's almost like there's two types of Joker, and, and Heath Ledger's one is this is the psychopath almost for no reason end of it, and it's good that they don't tell you why. I love that fact. And they no, also no origin for the Joker, right? Exactly. Yeah. You don't you don't. It's like when they did it for Wolverine and, and ruined the character kind of thing for mine. <clears throat> um, Caesar Romero because it's on TV and it was campy clown. Yes. And then there's bits he where was great. <clears throat> great for the time it's set yeah, standout villain mm. for for the old TV series. And I think with Jack Nicholson, it's kind of there's bits where he's kind of being the psychopath, and then he starts to almost cluck like a chicken and weird dances and weird noises. And I'm going, it feels like he's just trying to mesh the the two of them together and not really doing either. Yep. And I, I yeah, I, it kind of lost me that that part of him looking at it going. I'm not quite sure how much of this he's making up on the spot. Well, which seemed odd. I thought multiple times watching this movie that man he chews the scenery oh, hard yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and i was thinking a lot of the things he does he makes these little clucks or mm. giggles or mm-hmm. dances or whatever i was like yeah. that's jack nicholson man like yeah. the dude yeah. from one flew over the cookies nest and um you know um easy rider and all of this stuff and it's just like it's bizarre to me like 
yeah, I don't know. A lot of things in this movie are clearly bizarre to me. But um, yeah, I just thought it was a really, really weird take on it. And whether it's Tim Burton just going go nuts, and he took it literally. I feel like it might have been Nicholson. Mm. Was he? Is he like? Is he like this in other movies as well? No, not really. Well, uh-huh. I haven't like seen like his mannerisms. Like yeah, he's a, he's an amazing actor, Jack Nicholson, and sometimes yeah. he's a, seriously intense. You know, and there's, there's The Shining and look at all the things like that. If you say this Easy Rider and One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest, and yeah, it's nice to have range, I suppose. But that this that was really quite a strange choice. He was clearly allowed to do what he what he wanted pretty well, um, and it looks like well, he did. Um, well, you're Jack Nicholson, right? So. Well, that's the thing. Um, yeah. He's definitely the biggest star in this movie um, yeah. at yeah. the time. Um, I'd I forgotten that Jack Palance was in it. And that so was, that did was I. a nice surprise. It was really cool. And I, go, oh, I remember yes. him now. Yes, and this is something I was going to ask you. Um, and I've got a theory about why it is what I'm going to ask you. Um, so, clearly. Um, what was the lieutenant's name? The the crooked cop? Oh, Eckhart. Eckhart, yeah. yeah. So clearly, he is not in personality, but looks. He's yeah. Harvey Bullock. He's Harvey Bullock. One hundred percent. On the screen the first time around, that's the first thing I thought was that's yeah. Bullock, and because then it's not. I had to look that up because I'm not so deep cut as you, but yeah. I thought yeah. Bullock came from the show, but he was actually from the 70s yeah. in the comics. Yeah, so, he, yeah, he was kind of b- 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 more prominent in the comics by that point too. So it was kind of a natural thing to go. That's Bullock. Yeah, and he looks exactly like... Spot on. So, my thing was, mm-hmm. uh, especially at the beginning when you first see him, because when you first see him, you don't know he's crooked. He's just there with these cops at this crime scene. Mm-hmm. But I was like, why aren't you just Bullock? But then you can tell why he's not Bullock, because he's a yeah. dick. And because he's because crooked and he's taking money. Yeah. He's crooked, and they, spoiler again, kill him. So you probably don't want to kill a real character off. Um, then I thought, okay, fine, whatever. Why is Carl Grissom, the mob boss, not Carmine Falcone? But then again, probably because they kill him. <laughs> and, you know, you don't know what you want to use in the future. Probably that too, yeah. But actually, when I, when I did a bit of internet research, um, originally I think they wanted the character to be Rupert Thorne. Ah. Uh, and then I think it was, well, I read somewhere, who knows, it, it was on the internet, must be real. So <laughs> um, uh, the writer wanted to give him a more normal name and he went with Carl Grissom. I don't know what's wrong with Rupert Thorne personally. True. But, um, nice little Easter egg for the fans. Yeah. If you do. If you just drop the name, even though you're going to kill the character off, nobody will really <laughs> miss that character. But Because um, no. he was in the animated series later on. Yep. as well and obviously and I wanted to bring this up as well the, so for Clayton you've you've watched Batman the animated series obviously the one from yeah. the 90s yeah bits and the, pieces of it yeah the best version of Batman Joker everything in my completely. opinion completely um, this is one thing you and I absolutely agree on Mike yeah and I think the majority of people will um, so leave us your thoughts on social media um, <laughs> but uh Yep, so that animated series is heavily based on the tone of this and Batman Returns. That's a fact. Oh. Yep. Um, okay. And 
I think that's even why the penguin has... Does the penguin end up having flipper hands in the animated series in the season yeah. four? Yeah, yeah. The, the, one of the designs this has hands are like in the flippers. Yeah. yeah, so they redesigned everything for season four, which they called mm-hmm. something else. What was it? The New Adventures uh, of Batman ba- and Robin? Batman or something? and Robin Adventures, something along those lines, yeah. Yeah, mm. and um, so they went more that way. But um, whereas the penguin in the first couple of seasons is more like Burgess Meredith from the Batman 66. Um, so anyway, the theme music from Batman, the animated series... I always knew it was a riff on Danny Elfman's score from mm. this movie, but not to the fact that it's not actually a riff. It's exactly it's the same. Yeah, it's the same. And the cool thing was for me because I haven't seen this movie for so long. It literally opens with that music over the credits. Yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's like watching Batman the animated series because <laughs> it was just like da 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 da, and I was yeah. like, oh, all I need is a bank to explode yeah. and a Batmobile to roar up. <laughs> With its um, with its turbine thruster thingies, um, and um, oh man, I was just I, I had this moment of this is going to be so good. Yeah, and then the movie started. And then it started, and you know what? The <laughs> the hardest thing for me was like I I was when did it come out? Eighty nine. So I was eight. Uh, when it came in, did it actually come out in New Zealand in eighty nine? Yes. Yeah, okay. It was, it was very very close release from memory yeah. okay well that's good so I was 8 I remember seeing it for the first time only when it was on VHS when that was a thing mm-hmm. that's videos for those who are younger mm-hmm. um, those are what became before DVDs for those who are younger um, and before digital so as an 8 year old this was not a good Batman because it was really dark yeah. and I would have only been exposed to the Adam West one in reruns mm-hmm. and Super Friends probably, which would also be reruns because that was before me even. Um, and the Superpower toys. So yeah. this was way dark. And that was the point of this movie. They wanted to, as I said, steer away and become a very, very dark version so that they were getting uh, inspiration and tone and clearly only tone from the Dark Knight Returns book and the Killing Joke, which they and, clearly and, lifted none of the and, good stuff from. And year one, yeah, and exactly all yeah. of that. Yeah, they, they swear in this movie, which I was surprised by. I'd forgotten that they swear in this movie too. Yeah, it's sort of like I could see it existing in the same universe, sort of, as the Christopher Reeve Superman. Mm. But yeah. yeah, I prefer how Metropolis was just a city for real and not mm. a set because this really yeah. looked like a set a lot of the time um yeah, yeah that was that was a weird one because you reckon 35 million dollars for the budget right yeah do, do you reckon it looked like 35 million dollars worth of movie you guys no but probably for that time maybe for the time yeah for the time did, yeah probably did did you spot how many scenes take place in front of the monarch theater i didn't there's at least four major scenes that happen in front of the Monarch Theatre. I'm thinking, you guys built one set. Yeah. I can actually literally see that being a, a set with just that street on it or whatever. Yeah, and pretty much, yeah. It struck me watching through it and I'm going, oh, look, the Monarch again. Because the Monarch stands out because it's like, oh, the Monarch and that's where the Waynes get behind there. The alley, yeah. alley behind there, they get shot, yada, yada. It's just there all the time. That and in front of City Hall, I think it's meant to be. Oh yes, yes. yes, where six reporters turn up and lots of people get shot. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
know, it was, there was a, a weird moment I was watching it and just, I can't even remember what scene it was now, and it just reminded me of just the look and feel of the Flash TV series. The first the, oh, one. The, the, um, the John, John Wesley, Wesley ship, ship one. one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, what's wrong with the... The Flash, oh, the, the new I, one for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know if you have you seen the the older Flash TV series, Clint. Uh, is that the like, one with the crossover with Arrow and n- Supergirl? No, and no, this is no, like so, 19, okay. 1990. It was, you know, it was oh, like a no. one hour. The guy, the guy who TV plays, the guy who plays Flash's dad in the current series was the Flash in a TV series before. No way. He for was Dawson, yeah. He was Dawson's dad in Dawson's Creek. Yeah, yeah, but he was the actual Flash. Yeah. He was the Flash. Yeah. And it was in this this massively padded suit to make it look muscly and yeah. really cool running effects. It's, it's actually only ran for like one season, I think it was. And, and Mark it was kind of fun was for the it. time. And Mike Hamill was in it. He was the trickster. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I remember looking at one scene and going, you know what? This look, looks just like that. And I'm thinking, just at that point, it looked cheap. But again, it was 89. I think it was 89, but I'm going, this is a big budget movie, and now you look like like sets from a TV series that I'm going to watch a year later. <laughs> it, was, it was just this weird thing. Yeah. And the Monarch is there a lot. If you're ever inclined to go back and watch the movie again, Clayton, probably not you, and Fair Play. Um, yeah. But now I want I want Clayton to watch Batman Returns, because I want to hear what he thinks. Yeah, I th- I'd recommend it. I really would. I think he would like it more, because one, yeah. I, there probably is more Batman in it, because... I should have done the research, but I want to see how many minutes it's Bruce Wayne versus Batman in this movie, because yeah. I feel like it's more Bruce Wayne. There's there's a lot more Batman, and it's got Catwoman and Michelle Pfeiffer's just terrific. Oh my gosh, that's that that's the standout of that movie. Yeah, and yeah, Clayton, if you need to, and not just to be creepy and weird about it, no. but frankly, if you, she's just a really really good Catwoman. Yes, and Selena Kyle. And Selena Kyle, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and it's it, got Danny DeVito as the Penguin. Yeah, there's a bit of scenery chewing going on there too, but it's got Christopher Walken in it. And, and it's got Christopher not? Walken, and that's scenery chewing as well, because it's Christopher <laughs> Walken. Um, yeah. but, and it's got um, Pee Wee Herman in it, because he's... Yeah. Um, Surprisingly enough. Penguin's dad. Correct. Oswald's and dad. he's also Penguin's dad in Gotham, the TV series. So, there you go. Because that Gotham TV series was clearly more linked to this universe mm. um, yeah. of Batman. Yeah. Um, okay, so my because i didn't really say so yeah i enjoyed it it's got problems so overall it's still really good um it's it's just quite dated i guess because um i feel like my review sort of just became things i wanted to get your opinions on but that's fine because i agree with most bits of what you've said and mostly what what brian said because i don't find it a waste of time (laughs) um yeah it is long it does feel long though I feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. It felt like two hours. So. Watching all of them, when I watched all four of them, all of them are over two hours, which I was surprised by. I had this thing in my head that there was something like an hour and a half. And yeah, what if I would have put money we, on um, the George Clooney one only being an hour and a half? Yeah. And tell you what, when, when that movie's over two hours, you really feel it. Oh, yeah, I bet. Okay. So, because we've rambled on and it's already been 54 minutes and we've had <laughs> legitimate conversation about this movie, which I think was really good. Um, let us know on social media. Um, should we just jump into the trivia? Um, and we'll go from there. Great. Then we can see what's next. Then we can see what's next. So here we go. Here's the facts. Okay, so lots of trivia for this movie, but 
I tried to pare it down a bit. Um, so when we get to the alternative casting, I'm going to give you just probably one for each person because it was hard to corroborate uh, rumors about casting and the ones I picked I think are the most um, interesting ones anyway. So anyway, before we get there, so Jack Nicholson was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actor in a Comedy or Musical, which this was neither. <laughs> intentionally <laughs> it's like when matt damon was nominated or possibly won for the martian in the same category again not a comedy or musical it's like we've just got to give him something um bizarre again i'm using that word a lot in this podcast um he was also nominated for a bafta and has said the joker is one of his favorite roles there was some story that he liked his performance so much that he was playing that movie at least once a week at his house huh. So, here you go. Um, anyway, um, he <laughs> received um, Jack Nicholson. I don't know if he still holds the record, but for a long time, if not still, held the record for biggest payday for a single role for this movie. So, for the role, he only got paid, only, he got paid $6 million, which was, um, which was high. But... He's ended up making somewhere around $60 million off this movie, which the record is highest um, earnings for a single movie for an actor. But that's because in his contract, he got a cut of the gross, a cut of the sequels, and which he's not even in, <laughs> and a cut of the merchandise, which would have yep. been huge. Um, so that's Smart $60 man. million... 60 million dollars in 90s money which is around somewhere like 100 million dollars with inflation so he did that good a clever move was it was that's the, like george the, lucas um the, the merchandising went off it was ridiculous it really kicked that kind of thing off it was something that really jump-started that yep isn't that how george lucas made his money off star wars because he negotiated um that he'd get the merchandising ah really money? I'm pretty sure Which I guess it wasn't thing. a thing in 77 that's yeah well yeah. I wouldn't be surprised yeah good yeah. on him. especially when no one thought that movie was actually going to be anything anyway right. we digress we'll talk about that one on another one um, mm -hmm. so anyway um, Michael Keaton when he was wearing the suit couldn't hear anything he was <laughs> completely blocked um, but he used that to to channel his claustrophobia and bring it out in the character apparently um, so um now, this is, we talked about before how he added the dual voice to the Batman mythos mm -hmm. that's been carried on. Even Kevin Conroy in Batman Animated does it, and he does it very well. Um, the other thing he added, and it's been used in a lot of movies since then as well, is the line at the beginning of the movie, I'm Batman. He ad-libbed that line. Because in the script, when the guy says, who are you? He says, I am the knight. Meaning the actual knight and obviously the dark knight. Um, and if you read the graphic novelization, that was an awkward way to say it, um, of this movie, which is based on the script by Sam Hamm, in the comic he says, I am the knight. Seriously? Yep. I, so, I never knew he had lived that. That's brilliant. No, so he did I'm Batman, and then I think pretty much everyone else has done it since then as well um 
Yep. So um, Billy D. Williams, who we haven't actually talked about, and I should have mentioned him when I said the top actors in this movie, Lando Carizian, um, is Harvey Dent. Now, Clayton, I was going to ask you that Harvey Dent was going to be Two-Face, right? Yeah, and I had I I had a question about this too, but Go continue on. with your question. No, that was my question. Oh, I knew he was going to be Two-Face, but in the comic... Is he African-American or is he white? He's white. Oh, okay. So that leads to my question, mainly to Brian, because I don't know and maybe you do, but maybe you don't. Is this the first time they've um, race-swapped a character? Because I know they did it in Daredevil with Kingpin. I believe so, yeah. 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 I, okay. I can't think of another. Oh, in, and they did in a Man of Steel with in comic book movies yeah. with Perry White. Yeah, with with comic book movies, it's the, it's the first one I can think of where they they changed the either the race or the gender of a character. Yeah, yeah, and I think in the new Batman movie, Jeffrey Wright plays Commissioner Gordon, but he's also black. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, he took the role of Harvey Dent because he had the expectation he would later appear uh, if there were going to be sequels mm-hmm. as Two Face. So props because he knew that first of all yeah but also because he was pretty good as Harvey Dent um yeah. it was actually even in his contract that the role be reserved for him if it were to come up in a later movie um which it actually did as Brian painfully knows because he watched all of them so in Batman yeah. Forever which is the third one the um first non-Michael Keaton one uh Warner Brothers just liked Tommy Lee Jones better and so they brought out Billy D. Williams contract um, but bad move. But Billy D. Williams went on to voice Two Face in Lego Batman. So <laughs> oh. sort of a nice little. Um, I don't know if that was a uh, the directors going. You know, it'd be cool to redeem it a bit. Or it was if, a nod. Yeah, yeah. Because I can't believe that was a Warner Brothers move. Um, right. Um, I think he would have been a great Two Face. Yeah. Totally. Um, Tommy Lee Jones never really did it for me in that role. But anyway, um, it was the highest grossing movie in the US of 1989. That's not surprising. But worldwide, it was only second. Now, I would say any guesses of what could have beaten it, but obviously then you'd have to know every movie that came out in 89. Hmm. Do you have a guess? No clue. Okay. I'm surprised hmm. it wasn't top top ranking, to be fair. Yeah. So globally, the highest um, grossing movie of the year was... Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh. But in the US it was Batman. Um, this film was released uh, on the same year as Batman's 50th anniversary. I'm sure that was not by mistake. Uh, it was... Oh, we said it was Tim Burton's idea already um, to have Jack Napier kill the Waynes. Clayton, I was going to ask you before. Did you ever know the joke... Okay. This will sound painful to Brian, but... The question is, did you know the Joker's origin before you saw this movie? Uh, the extent of what I knew was that he got thrown into a vat of chemicals. Okay, so that's because of this movie. That was never a thing. Unless, um, oh, it wasn't? No, correct. Yeah, he, he was the Red Hood yes. and then fell, fell into the chemicals, became Joker. Sort of after the fact, he just starts off as being the Joker and then they kind of retconned it in. But it was uh, prior to that, yeah. Was he was a Red after? Hood. Uh, not um, but but it's, it's, it's before the movie, though, yeah. No, not, not the one I'm thinking of. Not the Red Hood you're thinking of. Oh, okay. No, but they did 
the Red Hood in Gotham, I think. Yeah, and, um, yeah, and it's and um, Killing Joke. Yeah, for that, yeah. that maybe origin in Killing Joke. It's um, yeah. yeah. But was, was it retconned after this movie? No. Oh, so the the Vat of Acid has been in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was in the Killing Joke. Yeah, you just said that. Yeah. Yeah, but but even before that, um, before that, sixties or seventies, I think there was a thing where they kind of did a partial. He starts off and he comes in, and yeah, Batman number one, he's the Joker, and just straight off being the Joker. And then, as they did back then, you know, they'd sort of shoehorn some kind of an origin in there, and they did the whole Red Hood, leader of a criminal gang thing, falls into the vat of chemicals slash acid, comes out, Joker. Still nobody knows what his name is, sort of thing. And that was, yeah, I think, 50s, 60s. But officially, there's no um, definitive official origin, right? No. No, no. Okay, unless good. they've done one recently, but yeah, there's oh. yeah, there, there never has been one, which is as it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think most people know this origin, and probably because of this movie. Because of this movie, yeah, it was yeah. never, yeah, not not kind of widely known, definitely. It's always been bizarre to me how the chemicals stain his skin white, but his hair green. I'm no yeah. scientist. It's just weird. Um, oh, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, so. As most people know, Michael Keaton's casting was met with not popular opinion <laughs> um, when it was announced, especially because I think he had just come off Mr. Mum, possibly. He might have done something else after that. But um, nobody was very happy, to the point where 50,000 pro- protest letters were sent to Warner Brothers. <laughs> 50,000 people wrote something because there was no internet. Yeah. Um, Can't buy publicity awesome. like, like that, you know. That That's gold. Yeah. Um, hmm. Even Bob Kane questioned, not that we care because we have our opinions about Bob Kane, the creator of Bam- co-creator of Batman. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it was questioned by a lot of people um, to the point where Warner Brothers were forced to very quickly assemble a trailer for this movie to show fans i think it was at a comic convention i don't think comic-con was around then was it so just something um and to try and quell the affairs but it became a very um hot bootleg item getting a copy of that trailer <laughs> so fifty thousand people wrote in yeah and wrote warner brothers were just like <laughs> you know what screw you all but then, <laughs> but then see now with the advent of social media you've got people deriding the casting of ben affleck you've got people deriding the casting of hugh jackman as wolverine and you've got people deriding the casting of um heath ledger as the joker and pretty much every James Bond pick. So mm. now it's just par for the course. But now yeah. you can just do it with a tweet. So and then hopefully get over it quicker. Yeah. You yeah. Have to wait for someone to, to write to write you a letter back. Whereas now you had fifty thousand people write a hand hand write a letter, post it in, and then that's it. No Somebody response. has yeah. to open it and read it. And then you have to wait for the movie for probably another year. And I'll so, bet, like, an, as soon as the movie came out, I bet all those people were denying that they would never admit they'd written one. But they're yeah. all going, oh, I thought it was a great idea. <laughs> Just like people did with Heath Ledger. <laughs> yeah. And Wolverine. Yes. Well, people didn't like those picks. No, not at all. They were very oh. um, okay. anti. Um, ben Affleck's the only one that might have helped. I liked him as Batman and Bruce Wayne. I think he's the one of the few who did both roles. All right. But that's just me, not Brian. 
So yeah, um, sure. He's he's good for that Batman. He's good for sense. that Batman. Yeah. He's good for that Batman. I'll give you that one. Yeah. All right. I mean, now I'm move past it. Yeah. So now I'm just going to do a quick a quick couple of alt castings, and then we'll um go on to our wrap up. So um, as I said, there's lots of stuff floating around the internet. I wanted to take the ones that I thought were interesting. So one each. Uh, sort of. Right, so Vicky Vale was... They did approach Kim Basinger originally, but her manager wouldn't even take a meeting with John Peters, probably good, um, without him paying for the meeting. So they actually cast Sean Young from Blade Runner. And she was locked in to play Vicky Vale right up until a week before filming started when she broke her collarbone while practicing a horse riding... Um, sorry, practicing horse riding for a scene in the movie, which I don't remember being in the movie. Was there any horse riding scene with Vicky Vale? No, no, there wasn't. No. Maybe they took it out because of this. So anyway, she a week before filming, she was out, and they went back to Kim Basinger and popped her in this movie. Wow. So there you go. Um, Actually, sorry, I lied. I've got two for this one because this one is really interesting and also something I didn't know. Michelle Pfeiffer was originally asked to audition for Vicky Vale. Oh. Um, Did you know she was dating Michael Keaton at this time? Yeah, I think I read that somewhere. Oh, I didn't know that. Dim, dim, dim dark past, yeah. So that came up when when Mm. she did uh, Catwoman Batman Returns. Oh, yeah, probably. Mm. So... That's the reason she's not in this, because Michael Keaton was against the the idea, because they were dating and he thought it'd be awkward. And then I was thinking, well, then she's Catwoman and you've got way more awkward scenes in that movie <laughs> than anything Vicky Vale did in yeah, this movie. That turned out. <laughs> yeah. Um, you really need to watch Batman Returns. I'm going to watch it too. Let's just watch it and do a quick little what we thought of it next time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Not, not Brian, because he's, he's <laughs> done, done his time. I've seen it. Yeah. Thank you. I'm off right. the hook. So here's one. Now, I only found this on one site, but I liked it enough that I'm just going to include it. Ray Liotta was approached to play Batman. This is before Goodfellas and Casino. Before, Okay, so I think the idea behind it was Christopher Reeves did so well in Superman when he was cast as an unknown. So they wanted to sort of try and capture that lightning in a bottle again Mm. so they approached Ray Liotta but this was early on before we knew what sort of not we they knew what sort of tone the movie was going to have right so he passed they re-approached him later for the Joker which I think he could have been cool as so um he passed and they even approached him to be Harvey Dent also could have been really cool (laughs) <laughs> um, and he turned down all three over different periods of time. And but Ray Liotta he, fires his agent. Yeah. Well, he has regretted. Um, he has expressed regret about not taking the role of Batman. But if we're being honest, he's done all right for himself. Yes. Because I think he around this time did Field of Dreams, and then as I said, he went on to do all those Scorsese picks, and um, he's awesome. So A weird tangent. I feel like he could play someone like Black Mask. Yeah, better than you and McGregor did. Well, yeah. Oh, that Birds of Prey movie was not great. Mm. Um, <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, um, but I think he would have been good as um, Two-Face or Joker. Actually, he would have even been good as Batman. Yeah. Especially if they were going for a darker 
tone, he could have pulled that off. Um, right, so now, here's sort of an annoying one, but also kind of cool. Robin Williams was offered the role of Joker when Jack Nicholson hesitated on taking the role. So he even accepted the role, and then the studio went to Jack Nicholson and said, if you don't take it, Robin Williams is going to take it, even though he'd already accepted. So Jack Nicholson took the role, and they released Robin Williams. So then obviously Robin Williams was pissed because he was used as bait to sign Nicholson. He was never actually their choice. Um, so not only did he refuse to play the Riddler in Batman Forever, but he also refused to be involved in any Warner Brothers productions until they apologized. Wow. So it looks like <laughs> Warner Brothers and Disney have both screwed Robin Williams over in his life. So lucky dude. Well, yeah, but rest in peace because that guy's awesome. Um, and that's the end of my facts. So let's do another quick round table because um, we forgot to do this last week, uh, last time. Can you give me an MVP for the movie? Clayton. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, cool. Brian? But I do have a oh, question. Okay, go. You know, with the, we'll going back to your trivia, with the 50,000 people going, we don't want Michael Keating. Yes. Who did well, they that's want? That's just the people who wrote in. Oh, um, but like, was there like potential somebody else who was going to be like who they actually wanted to play Batman? I actually don't know. I think it was just Backlash against Keaton himself. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All good. Because it always been comedy up to that point. I mean, even the thing before that was Beetlejuice. Yeah. I think was the big thing. As you say, you know, he did it. That was with Burton, and it was just a this guy's a comedian. You're not serious, kind of thing. So. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. <clears throat> yes, I think it was more about him, not because they had someone else in mind. But I mean, I could yeah. be wrong, but yeah. that's what it seems like. Yeah. I mean, um, a long time later, me, you look at. Look at him in Birdman now, and he's 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 terrific. Well, that's a riff of this. Um, yeah, exactly. And then he went on to Spider-Man. Yeah, he joined the MCU, and he was the Vulture. So, sure. Yeah. um, Yep. Cool. And what's your MVP? MVP. Two of them. Um, Danny Elfman for the theme tune. Thank you. And Anton first because he designed Gotham, and then that kind of that bled into the cartoon, and we got the cartoon look based on that, and that'll do me damn those are good picks and both of them are crew picks that's usually my jam this is a first for me so good (laughs) um also on that the production designer who you named and i've just forgotten already anton first there you go he specifically forbade anyone on his team watching blade runner while Um, in the design process of this movie all right um but then if you think about it joel schumacher's batman's went all neon so probably for the best Mm -hmm. um so cool my mvp man i hadn't even thought of alfman and that's going to be my pick now because that music is on point yeah um superman danny alfman's batman and because i watched the movie last night yeah i've been humming that all day at work today (laughs) but probably because i've been thinking about batman animated so so yeah my pick's going to be danny alfman for actors though Jack Nicholson, because as much as he chews the scenery, I do actually quite like him in this movie. Or we could say Bob the Goon. I forgot he dies, so there you go. Anyway, um, cool. So, does anyone have a favourite scene? Because I found that quite hard. Yeah. I, I couldn't. I thought about it during the week, and I couldn't think of one. If I'm honest with you, nothing really stands out. And I go, it was my favourite bit. Okay. Batman Returns, yes. 
Batman 9. Yeah, I feel like that would be an easier movie to pick a favorite scene from as mm. well. But There's some okay. cool stuff in it. Mm. I've got a scene that's ridiculous, but I couldn't understand why. Do you have a favorite scene though? Or not? What, what's no, the it's just scene? the most most wackiest scene ever. Okay. Um, when the backcopter has a pair of scissors, it's got balloons. <laughs> yes. And I was just like, okay, say what? Uh, <laughs> this yeah. is crazy. Clayton, you're my hero. <laughs> that's oh, so good. That's, that is so good. Um, <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think. Um, yeah, it's really hard. Um, I do like the scene where. He first comes into Grissom's apartment as the Joker in the shadows. Um, I also like certain shots like, um, well, actually, I meant to say before, there's a lot of really annoyingly, we're trying to make sure you know he's a bat shots in this movie. Mm. Like when he spreads his cape up like bat wings and, mm. oh, it's, it's just <laughs> clunky. <laughs> but like you're um, standing in the, on, the, on the rooftop posing. Stop posing. Yeah, but I do like at least twice in the movie, probably more when it closes up on his face all in shadows and then he opens his eyes and they almost glow. Um, they, they look really cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know about a favorite scene. I, I do like the Axis Chemicals part where he falls into the vat and his hand comes up uh, out of the water, um, or out of the chemicals. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I used to really like this version of Batman and and I always liked Michael Keaton. I didn't mind that he was Batman. Again, probably because I was eight, I didn't really care. But man, watching it last night, he does seem really small mm. in the suit. Yeah. And his head looks really big, and it's obviously because of this big rubber cowl he's wearing. Um, yeah, but I can't, I don't know, I can't pick a favorite scene either. But I do like the Batmobile, so I'll give it that. Anyway. Um, not my favorite Batmobile. That goes to Batman 66, Adam West Batmobile. Legend. And I'm sure Clayton's will be the Tumblr from Which from Batman Begins and all of those. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, so i got some predictions this time, folks. Yay. Okay, so with that, we'll wrap up Batman. It's been a long one, but it is Batman. So that was bound to happen. And next week... We are going to have another guest. Um, so we're going to have four hosts. We don't know what the movie is going to be. None of us. Oh. But we have our guest on the line who's going to jump in and explain it. This is Brian's nephew, Jared. Hi, welcome to the show. Hi, how's it going, guys? Good, good. Um, right, so what's your pick? Yeah, um... I know you don't like it, but I'm going to build it up. Go on. Um, yeah, so I'm picking the Heritage Film Club's first New Zealand film. Ooh. It's from one of the greatest years in film, 1994. Directed by Lord of the Rings director Peter Jackson. Starring two and a half men star, Melanie Linsky. And a uh, fan favorite round here, Kate Winslet. Both in their bid screen debuts. And it's based... On a true New Zealand story, mm-hmm. and it is Heavenly Creatures. Nice, good pick. Yeah, very Great good build pick. Up. Good pick. Very good build up. Um, mm-hmm. So, actually, another quick round table because that's what we do here. Who's seen it before? I have. I have not. Oh, interesting. I haven't. It's, it's a Kate Winslet I've not seen. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and Jared, you've obviously 
Yes, I have seen yeah, it. Okay, cool. That is a great pick. And while we're on the topic of Kate Winslet, let's pick up from two, three episodes ago, where someone was supposed to come back with what Marvel character she should be. I think it was so Brian. Someone was supposed to ask me a couple oh, yeah. back oh, yeah, what that was my me. pick was. Because yeah. yeah. I have an answer for it, but it's a recast, not a new character. I have to remember what it was that I'd pick, because I'd, I'd put some thought into that. Um, this is possibly going to be something of a letdown. I thought someone like Madame Hydra would be really interesting. Or if you were going to go really odd, and you were going to do, say, the Shi'ar from X-Men, mm. you would do maybe Lalandra. But who I thought would be she would be really good as... There's Moira McTaggart, who Rose Byrne played, I think, in the yes. latest versions of the X-Men. But there's a, an old X-Men story called um, it's Proteus, Mutant X, and her son is a mutant. And she's sort of one of the most powerful mutants ever, and she's a scientist on Mew Island, which is a sort of a refuge kind of thing for mutants. And I thought she would be someone who would be perfect to play that kind of character. I think she'd be great with the whole intensity of it. Um, being the mum of a mutant and so i was going to go with moira mctaggart that is not a bad pick do you think she's too old though no okay kate can do anything fair enough <laughs> uh, um my pick i'm just trying to remember the character's name because i'm going to get it wrong and i'm going to call it something from dc or something by accident um is it the supreme intelligence no yeah it is oh yeah yes from captain marvel the yes. one that annette penning played mm-hmm I think she would have been cool in that role. Yeah. Um, probably a bit, maybe similar to who she was in, um, what's that trilogy that never finished? Um, Divergent? Oh, Divergent. Uh, Divergent, yeah. 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 Um, she was in that, eh? She, uh, she was, yes. Yeah, so I think it's um, maybe a bit similar to that, but I think that role she could have she could have owned. So, yeah. Now we didn't anyway. see Kate from 1994. Yes, a very young Kate Winslet and a very young Melanie Linsky, who... Unfortunately, is best remembered from Two and a Half Men now, um, but it could and a very early Peter Jackson movie, so and a non-horror one too. So good pick, yeah, and thank um, you. Welcome to the club. And, um, <laughs> excited. Good. We are excited to talk about Heavenly Creatures next week. I'm very interested to see what Clayton thinks because he surprises me with this sort of thing, um, and. Um, pretty confident brian might like this one as well so let's see so we will be back in two weeks as always with another episode um in the meantime we have an instagram at heritage film pod which i've been a bit slack with updating but follow us anyway we do updates of the podcast and um when i get more disposable time i'll continue to update movie and tv news um and we're on twitter which is possibly even less maintained than the Instagram um, at Heritage Film Pod. I'm really selling these. Um, <laughs> we have a Gmail. You can send us your comments about Batman '89 or Heavenly Creatures um, at Heritage Film uh, Heritage Film Pod at gmail.com. And have I covered everything? Yes. You can Facebook. leave us a voice. Oh yeah, we're on Facebook. Man, I keep forgetting. Yeah, Facebook because we added that last. <laughs> So, at Heritage Film Pod. Um, no, I think it's the Heritage Film Club on that one. See, I don't even know. But you'll find it. Just type in Heritage Film Club in Facebook. Uh, and if you want to leave us a voice message, uh, go to anchor.fm slash heritagefilmpod and uh, leave us a voice message. It's free. You can just record it off your phone. 
Um, and if you want, we can throw your comments into the show. So, we'll see you all again in two weeks. Uh, until then, um, go watch Heavenly Creatures and uh, come back and listen to us. Subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you in two weeks. Same bat time, same bat channel. Loved what you've heard on this week's episode? Well, well, the answer is simple. It would mean the world to us if you could head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review and feedback. Spreading the word really is the best way to grow our podcast and achieve even greater things. Thank you. Thank you. That's the end, Frank, for listening.